0: you guys welcome to ratchet dojo radio i am your host row this show in this podcast we're gonna take you down pass your guard and then steal your girl thanks for tuning in Yep, yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Gone on you with a pick and
0: roll. What is up you guys? Welcome to the Ratchet Dojo Radio. I am your host, Ro the Show. Tonight we are joined by one of my friends. He is one of Jiu-Jitsu's best photographers in my opinion. He has shot everyone in the world of jiu So tonight we are going to be talking about ISO's, white balance and <laughs> aperture. If you do not know what that means, well, you're on the right show. Please welcome Mr. John, a.k.a. Rick, a.k.a. Mr. Ricard. What's up, man? What's up, my man? What's up? Yeah, the name
1: gets a little confusing with me, right? Because I go by John Ricard. I also go by Rick Ricard. So it can be... A little confusing to people but it started when i first started doing karate which was now about 20 years ago rather than use the name john because i knew there was going to be another john at the dojo because there's another john everywhere <laughs> i just said rick which is what my wife calls me as well so I have a lot of people who call me rick and then i kept rick as a mar- as my name whenever i'm doing martial arts so in jiu-jitsu i still use rick and then i ended up keeping the name to the degree that even when i was doing like magazine work for jujitsu, jitsu i would just credit it as rick ricard mm-hmm. instead of john ricard i
0: don't know I I like Rick, you know, Rick Ricard. It kind of like rolls off the tongue. Yeah, it sounds a
1: bit like Ricky Ricardo, but people don't really know that show anymore. So it it works really nice. But then what happened at, mind you, had I been John at Uh Marcello, again, when you say John, it would have meant John Satava. Uh It never would have meant me. So Rick worked fantastic there. But of course, now we have Rick Rios. And if you say Rick at Marcello, it could just as likely be... Rick Rios, as opposed to me, (laughs) you know, like sometimes Scott will call up, like he used to call Rick to be the partner
0: Uh for him to teach the class.
1: And I'm jumping up and he's like, no, I mean the other Rick.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So wrong guy. (laughs) Yeah. Wrong guy. (laughs) What's funny is that uh, in my uh, previous academy, um, there were a lot of mics. So there were like in one class, there were like three or four mics. So one person would be called uh, Fireman Mike or Police Mike or something of that nature. You know, so everybody right. gets a nickname. Yeah, so. we had
1: that with Whitney, who teaches the yoga class at Marcello. They were call- They started to call Rick Rios New Rick, which made me old Rick for a second. <laughs> and then she changed it to Classic Rick. And I'm like, I like that. I like Classic that. Rick. So that works.
0: <laughs> well, anyway, so... Um- Rick, so how are you during this uh, whole uh, pandemic thing?
1: Man, I'm loving it. I'm blessed (laughs) to have a a training space in my basement where I force my daughter to train with me. I've actually trained more in the last six months than I would have normally trained had the schools been open. It's not the same training because I don't roll, but I've been able to practice a lot of technique with Uh her. uh It's just, it's great, man. I've worked on a lot of personal things that I wanted to work on. And like, I miss jujitsu, but I wish the shutdown would never end.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Except for jujitsu. I mean, for me, I'm, I'm, I miss jujitsu. I mean, I, I haven't done jujitsu like in a real academy besides just, uh, kind of martial arts. You know, you know, Gary St. Ledger. I think yeah, you did absolutely. a photo yeah, shoot with him. I, I shot him so teacher. I, yeah, I, I stopped doing full-time jujitsu in November and I made the switch to do full-time judo. And, um, and yeah, so I, I actually was going a little bit nutty. So last right. week, I actually did one of those underground jujitsu. Yeah, I saw the pictures.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was in Italy, I believe, because <laughs> Mark who runs it always tags where it is. It's like Italy, it's uh, Spain, it's Brazil. It's never Brooklyn. Okay, whatever. <laughs> hey,
0: listen, he he can do whatever he wants to do. All I know is I'm not geotagging anything. Right. You know what I mean? That's how you get in trouble. Right.
1: But I have to say, I admire that you went into judo for uh-huh. two reasons one and you made black belt win. was it last
0: year uh yeah approximately last year yeah
1: right last year but then to really humble yourself back down to white belt and to become a complete beginner is a fantastic thing i think
0: i think yeah and what i liked about it was because you know when being a professional boxing coach you have responsibilities being a black belt you know you now automatically you have responsibilities as well. Even though I'm I'm not teaching in an academy or a school or or, or I own a school, it's like when you step on the mat, you're still like, you know, there's an expectation. Right. Right. So when you do something new like judo, I I I just like fell in love all over again. It's just like, you know, my first day back in on the mats, you know, so to speak. And and it's great, you know, because I have an opportunity to see it from a new person's right. eyes as opposed to somebody that's like for me, ten and a half years, eleven years doing jujitsu. It's like you know, after a while, you forget how it was when you first started. In the beginning, right? Yeah. But
1: yeah. I think the interesting thing is when you train another martial art, it makes your primary art so much better. Meaning, and I'm not talking in a competitive tournament sense, yeah, yeah, but yeah. say more in a self defense situation. You have a boxing background. Mm-hmm. If you if you consider jujitsu your primary art. It's your boxing that's going to open the door to use your jujitsu because mm-hmm. you're going to do one punch. You know, th- the guy is dazzled or dazed or whatever. <laughs> and now you have an opportunity to go to your jujitsu moves. If you know judo, that gives you a chance to really get a good takedown, get yeah. that person on the floor. And now you can start using the jujitsu that you've really mastered. So yeah. I think everybody should cross train in terms of a self-defense perspective because it uh, really makes yeah, your primary arc really,
0: it really humbles you. For me understanding that I, well, first of all, I forget that I can fight. (laughs) So when I mean, mean, like when there's a street altercation that's about to happen, I'm like, oh shit, you know, I get really nervous and scared. So, but then I realized that, yeah, I actually could, I could box, I can do jujitsu. And, but now doing judo, which was always a hole in my game, which was like takedowns and stuff like that, you know, it definitely provides a different level of confidence that I never had before. So.
1: But it's funny, one of the Malcolm Gladwell books, I forget which one talks about how a student might be better off not going to a school like Harvard where everyone's a genius mm-hmm. and then you feel stupid when you're there. Mm-hmm. That, that same person might be better at a local college where they could really realize how smart they are. And that's the situation you get when you're training at a high-level academy like Marcelo. Mm-hmm. You walk out and you're like, man, I suck at jujitsu <laughs> because everybody is so good. And you don't realize that if we're talking about you versus some guy on a subway – it would be a massacre. Yeah. But you forget that because you're spending the whole day in such hard roles, you forget how good you might actually be.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I don't want to find out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, you know how many street fights I've had? Zero. (laughs) I I can't say
0: zero. I I had (laughs) my fair share living in New York city. Zero for me. Okay. Anyways, uh, John, so for those of for the listeners that don't know who you are, can you tell everyone a little bit about your background, uh, right. You know your martial arts background, and also your photography background?
1: Right. Training-wise, I'll go through that kind of quick. Um, did karate for a long time, 14 years, um, third-degree black belt in karate. I quit karate when my daughter was born. Mm-hmm. I felt I couldn't do jujitsu and karate at the same time. Started training jujitsu very early, to be really honest. When people ask when I started training jujitsu, I really just tell them I started with Marcelo. Uh-huh. Not to be disrespectful to my original teacher, Marco Santos, who I love, still a dear friend of mine. But in terms of level, I think my level, if you were to roll with me, my level is more accurately reflected as somebody who's been training part-time for 10 years. Mm -hmm. The years I did before that, you would never roll with me and think I've been training as long as I have. (laughs) But um, I train under Marcelo. I'm a brown belt, love the academy, love Marcelo. And that's just my home. Um, Photo-wise, I started shooting in the 80s, started off shooting a lot of like rock and hardcore bands eventually ended up shooting a lot of rap artists and um R&B artists for a very long time then ended up shooting a lot of beauty and right now man I am confused about where to go next to be honest the business changes so much mm. that you really have to keep reinventing yourself and figuring out where to go with it
0: that yeah, it's yeah it's it, that's kind of interesting because I'm I feel like I'm part of that um or I'm I'm going through that evolution myself because it's like what how I used to view Instagram. It's obviously for business purposes, but even my content, I feel like there's there needs to be a change and and yeah. you know how to convey that. You know, I don't have the access of going back to the gym, so for me to create content right now, it's a little bit you know different.
1: The, the thing that's funny for me is it, it's. It's like, I think most people could tell you how to eat right. doesn't mean they eat right, but they really understand it. I think I have a very good understanding of Instagram and social media, really good understanding of what you need to do there and how to do it. But I don't choose to do it. Mm-hmm. which is strange because yeah. again, it's like eating, right? I know what to do, but I don't do it. But Instagram, it, it frustrates me on a couple of levels, probably primarily because I think what works best on Instagram is a very narrow type of content. Yeah, I mean, if you always post the same thing, that clicks better than yeah. if you do a wide range of things.
0: Yeah, I'm and part of, I me. get, uh, that's my frustration as well because, you know, I have range right. and I don't always just want to focus on just posting jujitsu, you know? Because obviously that's not how I make my uh, money. I make that from boxing. So it's like me showing a lot of uh, jujitsu, it it really, it gets confusing for my followers.
1: Right. And the visual aspect is it's almost unfair in a way because if you were showing a great boxing technique Mm -hmm. to a 50-year-old man, it's not going to get as many views as you showing a lesser technique to a model. Yeah, because exactly. it's a visual media. Absolutely. And that can be a little frustrating. Yes. You know, for me I mean, when I'm shooting in a studio and I'm paying rent in that studio and I've carried lights to this place and set them up and all of that, and it's so much work and so much knowledge, but it gets the same amount of attention as a pretty girl who just goes into the mirror and goes click and goes out the door. So the visual aspect is...
0: Man, sometimes I'm like, man, I wish I was a girl, a hot girl, because all I want to do is just like take a selfie and I get like 10,000 likes, you know, in like an hour. But the
1: thing that you see, the thing that you notice... What you notice a lot, though, is is two things. One, a lot of them aren't doing anything with their account. There are mm-hmm. girls who have like 100,000 followers and there's nothing that they're selling. It's yeah. not monetized in yeah. any way. So it's almost irrelevant that they have 80,000 followers instead of 10,000 because they're not doing anything with it. And secondly, I think in time as they get older and the next hot girl comes up, there's nowhere to go with that account because it's all been based on look at me, look at me, look at me. Mm-hmm. So you're telling us to look at the pretty girl, but you know... We found a prettier girl. She's five years yeah. younger than you. We're going to go look at her. You can't complain because you like the idea of us looking at pretty girls. You were one of them. Don't get mad when we're now looking at another pretty girl. So I think in the long run that I'm cute, look at me is not a viable long-term thing. And again, when you see those accounts, ask yourself, how is it monetized? How is this benefiting them? And usually it's not, it's just Mm -hmm. a
0: vanity. So since we're on the topic of social media, how can we translate that through, let's just say somebody that is a jujitsu professional or somebody just that loves to post pictures of themselves? Right. You know, I mean, what is your uh, suggestion as far as strategy is concerned?
1: I think if you really, really want to do it, this is unfortunate if you really, really want to do it right, you have to put the money and time into it. If you look at AJ, how do you pronounce his last name? It's Agarzam or something to that effect? Which,
0: AJ. oh yeah, yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I know who you're talking about right, AJ, he's, Enzo, he's an Enzo Gracie Black Belt or- uh, uh, I think
1: he's Gracie Baja. Gracie actually. Baja. Yeah, and it's like- a- Azka
0: something, something like that. <laughs> his,
1: his Instagram is something like the Florida boy. Or yeah, a, the
0: Florida boy, yeah.
1: Something like that. Like his Instagram is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It's not a ton of posts, but they're all photographed well. Let and me take a look at it.
0: Th- let's Go look ahead. at it
1: and then let's look at what the pictures are. Yeah. You can see he's communicating something more than just- I do jujitsu. He's very calculated and very clear about what he's communicating there. And you're going to see he's communicating. I travel. He communicates. I teach seminars. I compete. Um, I, I live this healthy lifestyle. I go hiking. I go uh, skydiving. All of these things are conveyed on his Instagram. Mm-hmm.
0: You there is, really- the Florida boy.
1: The Florida Boys is Instagram, right? That's an example of what an Instagram account should look like. But you have to do work for that because clearly he's not just whipping out a phone and taking pictures. The photos are great on his site, and I haven't seen it in a while, but I'm sure it looks like I remember it.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, it's there's number one. The first thing that I notice is there's not a lot of content. There's only eighty six uh, posts. Right. He has a hundred. He has seventeen thousand people following him, and uh, and yeah, it's it's. Like you said, it's it's him and everything that he's he's about.
1: Right. And and this is simple. I don't know if people know this because it's it's pretty simple, but what AJ should be doing is all the lesser content can get dumped on the story. That can be all the phone content that isn't great, mm-hmm. but the actual Instagram page itself is all strong content. Yeah. But you can't do that every day. That's why there's only 86 pictures on that right, account, right, right. but it's 86 great pictures on yeah. that account.
0: So, so the way I view social media is this, right? It's kind of like, so I'm a professional boxing coach and that's how I make my money. So the, the front or the, what I post on my Instagram is pretty much what I want people to see, like the front of the store, my product and everything that's uh, in the story is like behind the scenes, like kind of like my personal life, which is like mostly my puppies. (laughs) (laughs) Right, which makes perfect sense, right. (laughs) So uh, what do you think about that approach?
1: I think that makes perfect sense, yes. I think Uh that's that's definitely the way to do it. And then again, I think the other part of it is if you can start building the following is to say, what can I do with the following? How can I monetize this in some way? And I think when we're looking at people's numbers, we should look at that. It would be better to have a hundred followers that you were able to monetize, right? than 20,000 that there's no plan to monetize it in any way, mm-hmm. whether that's online boxing, whether that's in-person boxing, whether it's merchandise, at least there should be some kind of plan about what it is you can do for, like when someone reads your bio, there should be some information about what you can do for them. Right. What is it that you do? needs to be answered. And a lot of bios don't really answer that.
0: And what do you think about jujitsu practitioners? Let's just say they're blue belt, purple belt, and it says athlete on it.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, if that's what they love, like <laughs> go, you know, go <laughs> off. If that's, if that's what you love, you know, go on. I personally, I tried like in my social media, I don't, comment much on jujitsu because there's that nature that like, you're going to run into these people. So I'm always shocked that people will like, people will get in a fight with like Gordon Ryan on Facebook. (laughs) I'm like, are you insane? Why would you do this with somebody that you could run into on a mat one day? And he's got the right to choke you out because you're, you know, going at him on a mat.
0: Oh, well, we talked about that. Um, we we talked about that in one of our episodes, just like, you know, trolls, you know, jujitsu trolls. And, um, yeah. It's like, it's such a small community, you know? Yeah. Why would you do that? <laughs> you know, but you know, there's something
1: that you spoke about on, on the podcast. I don't remember what the episode was, but I've listened to a bunch of them and it, it's like, you know, when you're listening to something and you just want to scream like yeah. and, and and comment. So I think I can finally do that. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> Go but, for it.
1: Okay. So you guys were talking about, and this is what, one of the things that drives me crazy with jujitsu, uh-huh. which is something that I I really love jujitsu. And I'll say to Marcelo sometimes, like, look, you only see me twice a week, but I love this place. <laughs> yeah. like, don't be fooled just because you only see me twice a week, man. But, you know, I've got a family and work, like, but I love jujitsu. But you guys were talking about white belts. Uh-huh. And you were saying how, you know, it, it, it can be like this, like gauntlet that you have to like fight and survive and get through it. And hopefully you can get through it, you know, and then you can reach a slightly higher rank like blue belt and maybe you're going to stick around. But it's my belief that jujitsu, it is that way, but I don't think it has to be that way. I don't think it should be that way. I think that the problem with that, with that way of operation is you take someone like yourself. Okay. Mm-hmm. So athletically, you're good right, you're, you're coming into jujitsu on your first day mm-hmm. with a certain amount of athleticism. Correct. And did you have a boxing background already when you started jujitsu? Yes. Okay, so if you can do boxing, you can do anything. In my opinion, boxing is the single hardest thing to train. Like it's, you're getting punched in the face, like forget about it, it's the hardest thing in the world and the least fun to do when you're getting hit. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's <laughs> To me, there's no fun when somebody's punching you in the face. But so you're coming in with a certain amount of athleticism. You've already made, a, made it through the boxing gauntlet. Mm-hmm. So, of course, when you join and you have that white belt struggle, you're going to make it through. Mm -hmm. Like if somebody told me who you were on your first day, I'm like, he's not going to quit. That's guaranteed. Mm -hmm. But the problem is jujitsu, more so than boxing, should be made for that guy who's an accountant. You know, he's been picked on all his life by his older brother and his boss. (laughs) And he goes home and his wife is picking on him, right? He's never done anything physical. He's out of shape. That guy joins jujitsu and he's getting his ass kicked for six months, just like he is at work and with his older brother and at home. And he quits. And the sad thing is, is he's the guy who needed jujitsu the most. And we lost him because of that oh, we can just tap the white belts and use them to practice our submissions and we don't have to nurture them. And, you know, if they can't survive, bro, you know, maybe the same for you, bro. Maybe we should think about something else. I don't think it has to be that way. And often it is.
0: Yeah. uh, And that was our argument that that evening or during that podcast. It's just like, we should, as jujitsu practitioners, as higher ranks, we should be a little bit more friendly. We should be more inviting. We should... Adopt a white belt, so to speak. Yeah, right, right. (laughs) Because it's like, like you said, it's like they're getting their asses kicked already outside the real world. And this is probably an opportunity for them to- transform their mental and physical life.
1: Right. And understand that's the promise of jujitsu. It's not the promise of boxing. Like nobody ever said that boxing is for the weak guy to get better. Like boxing, it's understood you need to be physically strong. You need to work out. You need to be physically capable. You need to be able to take punches. To me, it's different. I don't look at boxing as having that obligation, but jujitsu, which was supposedly, if you believe the Helio Gracie stuff, was created so the smaller person could hold their own against a bigger person. So it's designed for a different person than boxing is. I agree. We need to nurture those people. But imagine you're that accountant. And again, nothing against accountants. I'm just picking a job. I picture where you're in an office and not like
0: with a jackhammer. Evan's an accountant, so we can pick on him all. Pick
1: on Evan. (laughs) But imagine like what it's like when you walk into that jujitsu school and you watch class. Everybody's in shape. Everybody's doing those warm-ups. They're diving over people. And, you know, like just all this craziness. And you're like, I can't do this. And then you sign up for the two-week trial or whatever and everybody's just beating the crap out of you and you go, yeah, I can't do this. It's not for me. Right. And it's a shame because mm-hmm. those are the people that would have benefited the most from jujitsu, not the people like yourself who are athletically good before they started jujitsu.
0: I agree. I agree. So it's a shame. <laughs> would you say that that's the responsibility of the academy, the, the instructors?
1: This is the way I look at it is that Absolutely it is, but I think it's okay to have some schools that don't cater to those guys because it's a matter of you finding the right school for you. So in my world view, there should be schools where everyone's an absolute killer because we need that because, you know, Mateos, De, Mateos Denise is not really going to benefit if everybody is like that accountant that I described. His training isn't going to progress properly, and that's just as big of a shame because he could have accomplished so much more if there were killers for him to train with. So you need that But then you also need a place where those guys can go, where the environment is different. And that place needs to be respected also. It shouldn't be a case of, well, we're going to respect the killer place, but not respect the place where it's not a bunch of killers. We have to, in my, just my opinion, we should respect both of those places and understand the place that that they both have serve a purpose.
0: Well, absolutely. I mean, this is a whole podcast on its own, but, you know, in the world of boxing, there's a very few percentage of professional fighters that actually fight, you know, amateurs and professionals. The majority of the people that actually pays the bills, like me personally, I like to train fighters because it keeps me on, on point as a coach. It keeps helping me to evolve as a a human being uh, and my ability to, like I said, coach. But at the end of the day, that's not my target market. My target market are people that are just looking to use boxing to get in shape, which is kind of like 80% of the demographics Mm -hmm. in boxing. So I would assume that jujitsu is the same. (laughs) Right.
1: But I see you do get your people... Boxing in the ring, though, not just hitting pads. I see you do yeah. get them in there, which I think yeah, is very I, cool. I
0: do. But you know, thank goodness for my training in jujitsu. Okay, right. because if I didn't train jujitsu, here's what here's the typical boxing program. You come in first day, there's a strong possibility. If you you get the wrong coach, you are sparring that day and you're going to get your ass kicked, right. something broken and you will never come back. <laughs>
1: right. Right. Of course. No, like I said, I but thanks. That.
0: Thanks for to jujitsu. I have, you know, being around so, so many great instructors, I had the opportunity now to break things down. You know, I look at things from, from a new person's perspective, how to actually create training methodologies in structures, in tier, so to speak. So right. when a new person comes to me, I'm going to treat them like a white belt, right. you know. And then when they get a little right. bit better, blue belt. That's when that's when I right. start making good. them. And I think it is possible spar. to
1: do both. And the reason I love the Marcelo Garcia Academy is I feel Marcelo strikes the perfect balance with that. That people like me who are these just weekend warriors can coexist alongside someone like Gianni Grippo, who takes it so seriously, you know, when Well, I now get,
0: you're talking about like a Gleason gym, because that's exactly what Gleason, how oh, gym that. became uh, so popular, is because one of their uh, marketing um, messages were, you know, train with professional fighters or train with world champions. I so- like that.
1: And you know, when I got my brown belt, you know, as I, you know, I take pictures at promotion. Mm-hmm. And when Marcelo promoted Thank me to brown belt- Thank goodness. <laughs> I got some great shots of yours. <laughs> But when I got promoted, I put the camera down and Marcelo's tying on the belt, and Marcos Tinoco picked up my camera to take a picture of me getting my brown belt. Uh-huh. That meant so much to me because, you know, we could not be more different in our training. Yes. Like, here's a guy that's world-class jujitsu guy. And you've got me who loves it but is not great at it in right, terms right, right, of right, tapping right, people. Right, right. But he has a respect for me to say, I want to help this person get a picture too. And that's something that I feel Marcelo has created in that academy, that it's not just about who you can tap Marcelo dismissed a guy who was world-class and could tap anybody. And Marcelo basically said to that person a couple years back, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about.
0: Oh, we did a podcast on that.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't (laughs) catch that. I got to hear that one. But you know, Marcelo was like, okay, your jujitsu is good, but as a person, you're not exactly what I think should be here. Yeah. Whereas Marcelo is looking at someone like me and going, okay, you are the type of person that I want here. So that's why I'm grateful to have an academy like that where You know, again, both can coexist. I think that's a beautiful thing.
0: That's great. All right. So let's switch gears a little bit and let's talk about photography. Okay. So specifically with jujitsu. So first of all, thank you for taking those incredible pictures of me because, you know, if you didn't take those pictures of me, I mean... It's kind of like, I feel bad for other academies that yeah. don't have their official photographer, so to speak. Yeah. You're kind of like the unofficial official yeah. photographer. Thank <laughs> God
1: they let me do that. Because rather than having 50 guys all just run around, like just let one guy do it. And then it, it just works better for everybody yeah. to get just the one person in the right angle. There's still great shots the audience can get, but that kind of perfect angle, just have one guide and nobody's in anybody's way and it's easy. And everybody knows if I shoot it, it's going to be available the next day for free on the Marcelo uh, Facebook, unofficial Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. page and it, it's smart that they let that happen the way it does. And I sit around waiting for that. I we we had a trip to Miami one time, my family is about a year ago. And I didn't go the first day with my wife just to shoot promotion. And my wife was furious and I'm just like, look, we only do promotion twice a year. Like mm-hmm. I have to do this, you know, and I sent them down to Miami without me, you know.
0: Yeah. And and yeah, it's it's kind of crazy because in my opinion, you know, when I was like a blue belt and then you were taking pictures and stuff like that, I think that's when we're like, I was still getting into like Instagram and stuff like that. And, and, and obviously it was a visual platform and I still didn't know how to use it at the time. But like, I realized that you were taking a lot of great pictures from, you know, of these great athletes. And because of that, I think that you have been People like you, okay? And what I mean by people like you are professional photographers right. that do this for a living, that actually get paid to do it, right. okay? And actually taking your time, because I know that you don't, when you shoot at the Academy, you don't get paid. No, not But all. you are one yeah. of the reasons why... In my opinion, this is just my opinion. I could be wrong. Marcelo Garcia became so popular because of everyone's wow. photos. <laughs> wow, I'd love to pull right. that. <laughs> um, but also some of the athletes' career have taken off because of right. you. right? Uh, especially the Brown Belt Dream Team at the time, in my opinion. Yeah. And again, this is just my opinion, um, you know, just right. looking back.
1: But- yeah, it's an honor to document that. Like I'm honored to be able to just be this like tiny little brick in this giant Brick house that yeah. you know uh, Gianni Grippo is building. I'm just tiny little thing. I'm a positive influence in there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's,
0: but I, I think it's it. a little. I, I think it's a little bit more than that because I mean, being in the world of of combat sports, you know, I I at the time, you know, when I was boxing, I wish I had an opportunity to be able to take more pictures. But at the time, it was what it was just. We were doing film, right? And then nobody right. had a camera. Yeah, yeah.
1: It was costing them money every time they pushed the button, <laughs> so they didn't want to do it.
0: Yeah. yeah. It wasn't yeah. a social media world. It was just like, you know, yeah. like you actually had to to pay for that stuff. Right. So you being a professional photographer, you need to right. take a break because no, no, we're good. We're good. <laughs> You're my first person that's actually in the studio right now. Oh, that's
1: cool. (laughs) No, I like it like this, and I know the audio is better this way.
0: Oh, absolutely. So why would a professional photographer like yourself um, give up your time, energy? Because, you know, your camera costs thousands of dollars. Your time costs hundreds and thousands of dollars over the years. Um, I mean, it's a pain in the ass to edit, you know, frankly speaking. There was one day when I was dabbling in the world of photography, because I I feel like when you are going through a, a change in your life, Right. photography comes into your life <laughs> it comes to, 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 to yeah. help you express yeah. your creative ex- right. expression. Right. But so that happened to me. I took some photography classes and all that right. stuff. And, um, yeah. but it's wh- not for
1: everybody in a way there's a, and there, in a certain way, there is a kind of lowering of yourself when you photograph people. If you think about it in a way, you're sometimes you're Like you're asking someone to take their picture. Like say you're not a photographer, your interaction with people can be very different. Just like, hey, what's up, man? You know, great match yesterday. Almost like an equal. And then sometimes as a photographer, you're coming in almost like a little lower, like, oh, do you mind if I get a picture of you? So it's definitely not for everybody. But for me, I feel like I get so much from the academy, from Marcelo Garcia Mm. Jiu Jitsu, that I'm trying to give back. That's my way to give back. And like I said, I like knowing that I'm a positive force, a positive thing in someone's life. Like we talked about Gordon Ryan and, you know, there's always going to be some guy trolling him, trying to annoy him on Facebook. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be that. I want to be the guy who just helped him in some kind of way with a cool photo, you know. But the other thing I think that I bring to the table when you say professionally, and this is not to... Sound obnoxious or anything like that, though. But in my head, there's a whole series of like rules and guides that I'm following. And I think sometimes when people pick up a camera to shoot jujitsu, they don't have that in their head. They're just aimlessly shooting. I'll give you, you know, a couple of examples. Okay. So for one thing, in a gi class, I will not photograph a lower belt tapping a higher belt. So I'm not trying to embarrass anybody. So I'm witnessing that all the time as I'm just walking around shooting. But again, if I see the blue belt tapping the purple belt, I don't photograph it. I'll just wait until I can get, you know, blues tapping blues or purple tapping blues so no one is embarrassed by the photo because the, the goal is to make you look like a superstar, not to embarrass you that you got tapped by a lower belt. And I'll give you another example. Like, try to visualize a picture of someone being armbarred. Okay, visualize this picture. Someone's being armbarred and we can see his face. He's got a little bit of an expression that looks like he's tapping, his arm is extended. But we can't see the face of the person doing the armbar just because of the angle or whatever. I wouldn't post that picture because who benefits from that? Like, what is that a photo of? That's a photo of Bob being submitted. I don't know who submitted him. Like, who wants this picture? Does Bob really want the picture of him being submitted by nobody? just an anonymous figure. So I wouldn't run that. Now, if I can get a shot of Bob submitting someone and I can't tell who Bob submitted, that's a great shot. No one's embarrassed. Bob is happy. It's all good. Bob is being submitted by Mateos Denise. I'm going to run that for sure. That's an honor. I'd love a picture of me getting tapped by you know Mateos, Marcos, these guys who are killers. I'm going to run that. But I wouldn't run a picture of him being submitted when we don't know Who is submitting him? You follow? So operating with some of these rules, I think, allows me to produce pictures that people are more likely to be proud of, to want. And then they're more welcoming me when I when they see me with a camera because they understand I'm not trying to embarrass them. And you could have a little bit of embarrassment that it's purple against purple and you got tapped, but that's kind of your thing. There's nothing wrong with what happened here. Purple tap and purple is fine. If you're a blue belt and you got tapped by a purple, that's fine. If you have an ego problem with that, you know, we had, this is funny, this is right before we shut down and I, I was shooting, right? And I could see a guy who was losing and he said to me while he's rolling, he's like, man, you always catch me when I'm losing. And sometimes people will make jokes like that when I'm shooting. Not a good idea, first of all, because to me, if I'm shooting, I don't talk to you. I don't interact with you. I just shoot. You should be focused on a role. Don't pay any attention to me. And if you do like a thumbs up, I'm not running a picture anyway, because again, it doesn't represent anything real. When people roll, they don't just randomly do a thumbs up. You might react to me with a thumbs up, but then I don't want that picture because it's now ruined by the process of me taking it. Mm -hmm. I just want what's going on but the guy said "Yo oh, man don't get me losing or whatever <laughs> now I'm not conscious of that I don't have anything against anybody I'm not trying to make someone look bad it's kind of not a great comment to make like dude I'm just shooting what's happening like and I'm conscious of the rank so but anyway so I finish up shooting I go to change I go to leave and I see the same dude is rolling I go you know let me go and try to get a better picture of this dude before I leave I go back I walk up he's losing again <laughs> and I just wanted to go like excuse me like maybe you just suck at this and the problem <laughs> Visit when I'm coming to take a picture, okay? Don't, you know, well, don't blame I, me for this, okay? Well,
0: I appreciate that because there are people out there that could completely take that and change it into their profile picture. And uh, let's say say they had a split second on, let's just say, Gordon Ryan, a Kimura position. Right. And right. all of a sudden, they change their profile picture of right. them kimoring right. uh, uh, Gordon Ryan. I have, I have a phenomenal <laughs>
1: picture of Aaron Hurl doing, I forget what it is. It's probably an armbar or a triangle on Marcelo. Uh-huh she's never gotten a picture. I never posted it. I never gave it to her. I never even said to her, oh, look at this cool shot I have because then she would want it. Of course. But I can't give her the shot because like you said, it's going to be Erin Hurl <laughs> seminar. And there's a picture of her with, you know, Marcelo in a triangle. And uh,
0: the picture could be a lie. Like we yeah, don't know. How absolutely. did she get the
1: triangle? Did he say, here's a triangle, whatever? So, you know, I don't do that. Well, pictures
0: and, are worth a thousand words. So correct. that's why. Right. You or know, a thousand you have dollars to a little seminar so. Right. You exactly. So. And
1: I'll give you one more. Like I don't, shoot funny pictures of rolling because I don't think it's funny. So if there's this moment where somebody's head looks like it's in somebody's ass or something looks kind of sexual based on the position of the bodies, I don't run that picture because I'm not trying to embarrass anybody. But you'll see people run photos that like turn into memes or that are funny. And I just don't think it's fair because it's like you think about what's going on. At the moment I'm shooting, and this could be a tournament or this could just be rolling in the, in the gym. Either one of these two guys could get hurt very badly at any second. Mm-hmm. Doesn't happen often, but it can. Now, I'm just sitting here taking pictures. I'm complete. For the most part, I'm safe. I could get kicked, but I'm basically safe while I'm shooting. It's like the nerve of me to be like, entertain me. You know, like this is amusing to me. Oh, how funny it looks that your head looks like it's up his ass, that's amusing. I think I'm going to photograph that. Like these guys can get hurt. It's not something for me to sit and amuse myself with and try to find funny moments here. Mm -hmm. It's just, Mm -hmm. that's not what's going on. And I'll see guys do that and it, it just irks me. It's like, why would I do that? You know, and a lot of times when you're looking at these guys who are really serious about their training, you know, they've got sponsors that want them represented a certain way, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. or you look at guys from where we train, John, you know, Mateos, Marcus, Guys are all great physical shape, all very handsome. Like, why would you portray them in a different way than that? When that's what you see when you meet them, why would you portray them looking like they're dancing because this weird moment? And I mean, I throw away you know, 98% of what I shoot because of all of that stuff mm-hmm. that I'm talking about. And I think anything you shoot, you should have your own little guidelines. If I'm doing street photography, I don't shoot children. You know, I don't really shoot the back of people. I try to get their faces so they can see that I took a picture. You know, I'll take it candid, but they had an opportunity to see because their face isn't a picture. You have rules for it. And I think people should have that when they're doing something like that.
0: Mm. So- I mean, that's the difference between an amateur and a professional. So Some professionals, sometimes you see guys yeah. who are
1: pros and they're still doing these weird, awkward pictures. You know, like guys are warming up in the area waiting to compete and then they're using just like 200 millimeter lens and capturing something that just looks goofy. And I'm just like, why would you do that? Like, that's a handsome guy. Why not just shoot him looking handsome? I don't, I don't mm-hmm. get it. It doesn't make sense to me.
0: I mean, everybody's different, I guess. So, and in, you never know what's going on in person's head. So, I mean, for what I'm hearing is you're looking at it to... Help and so that it can benefit that athlete.
1: Absolutely, you
0: know, and and for that, that's why we you are always on top of the mind consciousness when it comes down to jujitsu pictures in the world of Brazilian. Yeah, I think jiu-jitsu. that's
1: why I'm welcome because I have that in mind. Yeah, understanding like I photograph Marcelo a lot, but then you don't see a lot of Marcelo on my page because I never want to look like I'm trying to you know piggyback off him or use him. To build me up so I photograph Marcelo. It goes into a database that the academy has access to, and it's sitting there. But a lot of it never really shows up on my feed mm-hmm. because I don't even want it to look like I'm doing that. Like I said, yeah. I'm grateful to be part of that academy, you know. That's why I named my account Rick in Action after MG in Action, you know.
0: It's like a, a lot of people did that, actually. I'm glad. You
1: know, you know why? Because I'm always hoping that they're not going to come to me one day and say, like, hey, you can't use that because, you know, it's <laughs> compete like It's a tribute. It's not trying to, like steal from them. It's, it's a tribute. And I'm glad when I see more people do that, I'm like, good. So hopefully they'll just understand a lot of us want to do that. And they won't ask me to drop Rick in action because I love that.
0: Well, the only person uh, imitating Rhoda's show right now is Evan. And he's calling himself Evan the Show. Oh,
1: get out of here. You might have to go visit him and, and straighten that out. Well,
0: have he's actually my co host, so it's not, not too bad. So he he's all right. To, uh, he might have to stop. He, he has a pass. That's but, um.
1: And it's funny, I actually stole it from Munch. Uh-huh. Munch had Munch in Action. And I went, oh my God, why didn't I think of that? That's brilliant. And then he had this little incident with the Academy and he changed the name. Yeah. And I went, boom, Rick in Action. <laughs> the next day, as soon as he changed the name, I went Rick in Action. I got it. That's mine. <laughs> <laughs> so after him, I was the first, okay?
0: <laughs> and And it's interesting, but- your handle can make a difference too, you know? Yeah, uh, in social know. media. Yeah. yeah. yeah I,
1: but then people get mad if the white belts, like you said, it's like Bob BJJ. You know, you're like, <laughs> yeah, really, dude, six months, you know?
0: <laughs> Relax. I, I just think that people get really involved and they get so passionate about it and they want to be about that life, you know? And and yeah. and, and and rightly so, because it's like jujitsu is all encompassing, right? It's just like- It, it can be. Yeah, it can
1: really take yeah. over. You're watching videos and you're studying yeah. stuff and it's like, it's it's- it's so much, you know. And
0: and so I just want to talk to you about what you were saying concerning, concerning taking pictures of people, complimenting right them, right? right? So that's why, for those of you that's never been to Marcelo Garcia Academy, it's like there's there's a no video rule policy. And right. for that specific reason, because it's like, you never know who you're going to roll with. And, you know, it's like, why would you want to post up a video of yourself? I don't know, beating up somebody or, or maybe the other way around. I know some people yeah. use it for... For, for them to, to look at their technique and stuff like that. But most people will just post it on social yeah, media. They just want
1: to show off yeah, what yeah. they're doing. And like I said, and I think there is a little bit of that in jujitsu of the tap, the lower belts thing. And mm-hmm. it's a little, I remember you guys talking about the ego aspect mm-hmm. of jujitsu mm-hmm. on the podcast earlier. And again, sometimes I think that can be a little bit of a problem. Have you ever heard my idea of how jujitsu should do the belts? Here's, you ever heard, have you ever ahead, heard my no, idea? no I have not okay so, here we go when I run the Rick in action sport, everyone hold on here we go <laughs> when they appoint me the head of the ibjjf or whatever okay here's how it works ready okay when you enter the academy on the wall is a whole or are a whole bunch of belts. And you put on whatever belt you want. So if you walk in and you feel like a white belt that day, you just put on a white belt. If you walk in, you feel like a black belt. Okay, put on a black belt. I'm going to introduce you to Mateos and I'm going to introduce you to Marcos. Put on a black belt. But you just put on whatever belt you want every class. Come on. (laughs) No promotion. No nothing. You decide your rank every day.
0: (laughs) What do you think? Um, Yeah, I I would definitely be... I would. I wouldn't mind being a blue belt oh, Would, yeah, be every would day. you
1: not sometimes, <laughs> like in all honesty, when you come in tight, would you not sometimes grab a blue belt and go, I'd rather just be
0: a blue belt and not have the pressure. Man, how much pressure yeah. do you have as a black belt? Oh, tremendous. Like, tremendous. How great would that be? You know, It'd be fantastic. But I don't know, man. That's very controversial. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That, that's, you know, my
1: theory, you know? Well, Cause you always roll in jujitsu. It's not an art like a keto where, you know- boxing, no you know, there's no sparring, you know, yeah. but
0: it, I mean, there's not no- mandatory. There's no least. belt ranks in, in boxing. So right. it's like, you can see when somebody, the minute they start moving, you can see if they're like, if they have experience or yeah, not, you know. you know?
1: Yeah, but like I said, so imagine you've got that brown belt or black belt on and guys are looking at you like, yeah, I want to roll with that guy, you know? So that that's just my theory.
0: Oh man, it's kind of like, it's kind of like no gi, man. That's no gi. Yeah. It's like, you never know what you're going to get. Yeah. But
1: every now and then you ever have that guys who go like, what's your rank? You know, like in no gi, which, you know, I don't think that's really, really necessary. (laughs) And Eddie, you know, Eddie Bravo, you can be unranked in 10th planet. Really? He understands that. Yeah. You can just say, I've heard, I've been in class when he said like, if you want to be ranked, you need to show me. You should be competing. You should be really showing me that you can tap guys and that you're learning and that you're really dedicated but if you're a guy who just wants to come and train and not really focus on that, that's fine also. And I think that's a that I think that's a nice approach. Mm. You know, I think the be- I think I mean tell me if you agree with this. I think the moving up in rank is what causes a lot of people to leave. You know, because
0: I'm the opposite cuz it actually gave me a goal. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, but what about the pressure, the idea that when you start getting a brown belt or even black belt and you're you're dealing with blue belts who may be able to take I you mean, out depending on your age I or mean, something?
0: I mean, shoot, that happened all the time in Marcelo's for me, but it was just, um, that's an ego conversation then for me because yeah. it's like I'm like not willing to tap or, or, or just like, you know, I'm not trying to... Yeah, I'm just, like, being an maniac, you know, and just, right. like, get butt hurt when a blue belt hits
1: <laughs> yeah, me. But or suppose so you can't avoid that. Suppose physically you just
0: can't. That's true. Can't. I mean, uh, you know? it happens because, you know, right. for me, at the age of, when, when I hit 36, it felt like somebody pulled a plug on me, man. <laughs> they took one and of the batteries. Yeah, out. dude. And it's like, things yeah. definitely slow down for me. And, um, right. you know, when I was younger and when an older uh, person would tell me that, oh, this and that, complaining, and I, and I had absolutely no remorse for them. Like, right. stop bitching, you know? Like, right, yeah. But right. now I'm that older guy. Now right. it's like, oh, okay. Right. Yeah, and I and I see
1: that as well with guys that I'm going because I'm much older. I'm older than 50. And guys who are going with me don't understand the difference. Like I've been your age. You haven't been my age. You Mm -hmm. don't understand the difference. But if you think about it, and this is any jujitsu school, any martial arts school, but there's no real reason why there should be dramatically so fewer brown belts versus blue belts. It's such a great art, right? It's fantastic. We love it. And this is anywhere you go, am I right or wrong, right? Yeah, For every 100 blue belts, you've got, what, 20? If you're lucky, yeah. you've got 20 brown well, belts, like 80, you might have 10. It's
0: like the 80-20 rule. It's like, you know, 80% uh, yeah. of the people, um, you know, will just like completely just show up and some of them will will, will stay and some of them won't. And then 20% right. and, and even less with the black belts, right? 5% right. or something right. But like I've that.
1: always thought the rank makes it worse because there's this expectation as you come up in rank that you can perform to a certain level.
0: But Rick, I want... The pictures with me having a black belt. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it looks a lot better than a brown belt, right? The purple belt's beautiful. The blue belt looks pretty cool. So I'm gonna tell yeah. you a story. So, right. so when I was in, in dating, and then um, you know, and then I, I dated this girl, and then she, I told her that like I do jujitsu, and right. you know, fortunately it was a brown belt at the time, and she knew jujitsu, right. so she was like, she's like, oh god, at least she he wasn't like a at least he wasn't a purple belt or something lower oh, like me. <laughs> It's funny. So he's like. Yeah. So she was actually very happy that I was a brown belt. So. Right,
1: right. Usually people don't know the rank; they know white and black.
0: In exactly. Any color,
1: it's like they could all be the same. Yeah. So. Can you t-
0: speak a little bit more about that? Because I think that's a great not to take away from blue belts, purple belts, and and brown belts, but you're right. Most people understand white belt and, and black belt, and that right. has to do with the movies.
1: Right. Of course.
0: Right. So right. can you? S-
1: but the thing is, is that no one really defines what those terms mean, and that's kind of a problem. Like, mm. what does it mean? You know, like the Gracie Academy, right? With Henner and Heron. They had a huge problem years ago. They would give you a blue belt in the mail. And to this day, people still think you can get a belt in the mail from them, from their Gracie University program. Mm. You can't, you can't get a belt. You can get stripes, cannot get a belt. But, They were defining a blue belt as being, in their minds, a blue belt meant you could hold yourself in a street fight against someone your size or larger. You could survive. That's what a blue belt meant to them, Mm -hmm. to every other jujitsu school on the planet. A blue belt means you can hold your own against another blue belt in a sports setting. So you could have come up under the Gracie mail-in program and gone to a regular jujitsu jitsu school. You get your ass kicked by white belts and blue belts on a sport mat. Yes. But that's not what their blue belt meant. Got it. You follow? Yeah. So yeah. In, the, in the same thing happens, of course, with black belt, there's this assumption that if you're a black belt, and this is the thing that like always kind of bothers me, it's like, and I know you've talked about traveling to other academies and you like that and stuff, you know, but for me- it's
0: Oh, I actually <laughs> hate it. Oh, do you really? know? you were saying you No, it somebody else. <laughs>
1: you know, but you want- but, what happens when you go to another school and you're a Marcelo black belt? What is the expectation? When you go with their purple belt, and you go with their blue belts and you go with their brown belts, there's an expectation of because to them black belt means you can tap. It might mean that you can tap those lower belts. Whereas I think if I ever make it to black belt, I don't think it's going to mean that. I don't think that's going to mean that I can just walk into any random school and tap all the purple belts. Yeah, that's not Yeah.
0: That's the misconception and it's that's completely right. not true because you know age makes a difference athleticism like you were saying Uh, and, and the person, I mean, like, you know, I mean, I was a brown belt and I went with Juan, whatever. He was like a purple belt at the time. And this kid was like, I'm 185 and this kid is maybe 130, maybe 140. I don't know. Maybe, but he was smaller than me and he was mauling. me. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. You know, he was faster. He was, he was just more explosive. It's just different, you know? Right.
1: And then look again at Marcelo. Marcelo took a world-class competitor black belt and said you're not really representative of what my black belt means. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You don't really match. doesn't mean he's a bad person. It's just you don't really match what I feel a black belt is, even though that person could easily go to any jujitsu school in the country and tap all the purple belts. Mm -hmm. You follow? But again, if I make it to black belt under Marcelo, it's not going to mean that I can tap anybody. But it will mean that I have a certain way that I carry myself and I represent the sport, what I've given to the sport and how I treat people that are around me. That makes Marcelo say, this person can represent me as a black belt.
0: But I don't think everyone understands that. The different
1: ways that you can interpret what a belt is.
0: When I received my black belt, I, I realized that it's not about me winning competitions. It's not about me being better than mat. It's actually me making another person better than me. That was. To me, that was like the epiphany. Right. It was like, whoa. Right, but you're
1: good. I always roll with you. Every time I'm in class, I'll go to roll with you. Yeah, you know I mean, it's... You're one of those people, Dave, you yeah, know. Yeah, you can love, you know, you can
0: change, because I could change the levels, because it's right. like, it's not always, it doesn't always have to be an ADCC match.
1: <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't have to be proving something every time, you know. Sometimes I'll watch guys like that and I'm like, are these guys getting money if whoever
0: wins this match? Like, what are these guys doing? So you can clearly see Crazy. that that Rick <laughs> loves jujitsu, you know, cause, and this is why he, he he he's so passionate about it. He takes pictures of, of it. And um. So so, yeah. Rick, I just want to ask you a, a quick question as far as your thoughts on somebody just purchasing a very, very expensive SLR camera. And putting it on automatic.
1: (laughs) Right. Well, you know, the automatic modes are so good now. I mean, I think the, what Instagram showed us is that the vision is the most important thing Mm -hmm. that you have something to say. Mm. And I think where we saw that the most was like fashion. We see a lot of fashion and beauty. Again, Mm -hmm. you see a lot of, let me try to make this more clear. It is okay if you take Let me back it up again. Okay. If you can produce a good picture, nothing else matters. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, again, I follow a lot of people. I've done a lot of beauty photography where we've got six lights and a pretty girl, and we've spent two hours on her hair and makeup, and we create this perfect image. And over the years, in the last few years, I've seen a lot of makeup artists who can do makeup on someone's face, and they have figured out how to take a good photograph of that. That's the only thing they can shoot Uh is a girl that they made up her face in their living room with their one light. They don't have the ability to go photograph a concert or a press conference or anything else, but they can photograph that one thing. Uh So if they have the vision to create this thing and photograph it, it's okay if they are strictly on automatic you follow? It doesn't yeah, matter what yeah. camera they're using, if they can get a good result. Now, if they offer, start offering their services for sale, then I have a problem because mm-hmm. again, you can't photograph in enough different variables. You don't have yeah. a backup camera and there's all these other issues that I have with it. But if you're just doing that, I think it's fine. And the changes in photography, it's really funny. You can get a change in the world where everything is different and it's, it's a bad thing. Okay. Like say... But if you go back a hundred years ago, people probably ate more natural food, and then they figured out how to freeze dry food and make like TV dinners and fast food. So that was a change, and it was a change for the worse, right? But then you can think of, think of another change, like we used to have blockbuster video, and now they're all gone, and we just stream movies. Huge change. Mm-hmm. It's bad if you own a blockbuster, but it's not a bad change in the world. It's just different. Mm-hmm. So that's how I feel what has happened to photography. It has hurt me in a lot of ways, money-wise and some of the more fun gigs that I have photographed over my career. Uh Those are just gone. It's not like I don't get them. They're just gone. I mean, I would have record labels, you know, like Motown Records would fly me to like Atlanta for two days to photograph at a Busta Rhymes music video shoot. That was a typical gig for me. They would send a car to get me to the airport. I mean, there's nothing more fun than being in your house at 5.30 a.m. and a car pulls up and you just sit in and it takes you right to the airport and then you're In Atlanta for two days, for a two-day Hype Williams, Buster Rhymes video shoot, you know, making like $1,000 a day, retaining ownership of the images and now being able to give them to a stock photo agency or a magazine independently and making even more money on it, possibly selling them two, three years later. Those kind of gigs are just gone. Mm -hmm. They don't even, they just don't exist. So a lot of the changes have hurt me, but they're not necessarily bad. When that makeup artist is photographing this girl herself. That's a beautiful thing. It just sucks for me because that would have been a gig for me maybe, but it's not necessarily a bad thing,
0: mm-hmm. you know? So, so what is your suggestion now? I mean, what are your thoughts for somebody that is looking to get into photography? What is your advice?
1: I, I think we've been moving a lot towards people doing things themselves, correct? Okay. Unfortunately, for people who want to get paid doing this, the shutdown we've had in the last six months mm-hmm. is actually going to accelerate people doing things themselves. Mm. That's what I think. Nobody can predict the future. It's just some guy talking. It's just what I think. But during this six-month period, people have had to shoot more things themselves. And when that ends, when that that shutdown is over... I don't think they're all going to go back to hiring people. They're going to be, you know, I figured out how to do this over that six months and I don't need to hire somebody to shoot this. So I think the area that's going to remain in photography is the higher level that most people can't do. Mm -hmm. You know, so like currently I'm offering jujitsu photo sessions, right? I'm using like four lights. I'm in a studio. I'm creating a photograph for a regular person that they cannot create with an iPhone at sunset. Uh-huh. They just can't. Yeah. You have to be in a studio to put an edged light and to put the shadows in a certain place. So I think the more you can elevate the photography and make it more complex and complicated, I think that's going to be a road you can take. Alternately, just shoot for fun. But the giant middle area, these like $300 gigs or whatever... That just—I would shoot for these jujitsu magazines all the time. The technique things, which were a lot of fun. Like I just did it for, so those guys could get in the magazine. Mm-hmm. So much fun. You open up the magazine, it's six pages with all these techniques. You know, pay like two fifty, three hundred dollars. It wasn't any money, but it was great. It was just so much fun doing it. Again, gone. That's just completely gone. Mm-hmm. So that whole mm-hmm. mid range is gone. So either shoot for fun, or figure out how to do it at such a high level that it can't be duplicated with a phone.
0: Well, I realized that. It's a lot of fucking work being a photographer. <laughs> it is. Um, not the shooting part. The shooting mm-hmm. part is the fun part. Right. It's the post-processing, man. It's yeah. like what most people don't realize is like that Lightroom and that Photoshop. Yeah, yeah but it, What like, are your thoughts on, I, on, on that, on I'm, post-processing?
1: You know, when I shot for BET, I worked for BET photographing a show called 106 in Park. It was mm-hmm. the house photographer for two or three years. Shot five shows a week. Sometimes it was two shows a day. So the show was live. Some of the days, other times they would do the pre-tape. During the course of the 90-minute taping, I would shoot anywhere between like 1,500 to like 2,500 images per show. Yep. You'd be shocked at how many different pictures there are. You know, there's Roxy, the, the female host, full length. There's all the details of Roxy. What boots is she wearing? Is she wearing a bracelet? Is she wearing a necklace? then the same thing for the male host, then it's them together, then it's them with the guests far, then it's the guest with the detail shots, then it's the guest over the shoulder, the guest with the entire studio. There are literally like 100 shots at least, different shots, the guest with the audience, like just endless number of shots that you can take. So it very quickly adds up to like 2,000 images. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me to edit 2,000 images and then caption them, Roxy and Terrence talked to Busta Rhymes at 106th and Park, June 25th, 19, whatever, you know, 2026, whatever the year is, and photographed by John Ricard. For me to do 2,500 pictures, edit, caption, 40 minutes, 45 minutes, that's all. I mean, I'm just flying through images, like flying captions are pre-written, throwing them in there. So for me, that is simple. Mm. I would turn that show around. Like I said, they would do the pre tape show if it ended at like three. By four o'clock, those images are all done. They're uploaded to Getty. They're uploaded to BET. I've sent the sponsor shots to this person so the sponsors get- But how are you able
0: to do that? Because I feel like that's such a- a painstaking process or is it because is it because of the 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 application itself well
1: photo mechanic is a program that i use that's it's only for people doing a volume of images gotcha as fast as you can push the button you can see the preview of the image lightroom will take one second yeah and you add up one second times 2,500 images, you're gonna be there all night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But having a program that instantly did it and you're tagging with these colors, all the fives are going to BET, all the fours are going to Getty, the threes are going, and you're just flying. You're just in this zone, just flying through it. So for me, I can, I'm not that bothered by that. I'm bothered by excessive retouching. That's mm. something I don't like to do. It's time consuming, it's not fun.
0: And you don't as- accentuate the butts?
1: No, not, not often. <laughs> And I'll just send that out. Unless it's Kim Kardashian. And you know, we talked about monetizing. That's another thing you just reminded me of when you talked about photography, when we talked about these Instagram accounts, like you can see photographers with the sexy girl pictures, phenomenal work, great work. There's no money there anymore. Like there's just not, like when you see these guys that are just shooting these great photos of gorgeous girls and they're half dressed, there is not, there is no money there. It's fun. If you want to do it, go ahead. It's it's fun, but there's no money mm. there. It just isn't. Like, not anymore. There used to be. I used to photograph a lot of that for a magazine called Black Men. We would do all the video girls and stuff, and it was great. Great gig, great money, a lot of fun. But today, the guy's shooting that. You're, there's just no money there. Mm. So it's such a different business Jeez. than it was. So it just everything changes, though.
0: Wow. wow. So is there any money in... Jiu-jitsu photography.
1: No, in my opinion, <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. That's why for me, I looked at it as something that I would do for fun and to give back to my academy. And I see a lot of guys do these things where they do these like $50, they'll shoot your thing. Now, if you come up to me and approach me and go, hey, could you give you 50 bucks to shoot the thing? Yeah, but I'm not gonna solicit that. I just don't think it's worth it. And, I, I, and mind you, I think that jiu-jitsu competitors are crazy for not doing it. Like to have a great picture of you competing, like, God, that should be worth so much money to Of course, you. of A course. A great photo.
0: Are you strangling some guy like- Yeah, not only is it for- Mon- uh, for professional reasons, but it's like, you're going to look back 20, 30 Forget years from now and like more than any other picture, you know?
1: way more than that picture of you at Disneyland, yeah. you know, standing in front of the logo <laughs> with a big stupid smile on your face. But you would think when these guys put up the $50 thing, like it would just fill up instantly, like bam, 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 bam. But again, the guys who are doing the tournaments, you're like, man, I got to spend a hundred dollars times two and I got to get lunch that day. And what like they, they're tapped out. They don't want to do it. And some of those guys suck who shoot it. You know, so oh,
0: I they're agree. Like, they're terrible. They're like Their white balance suck. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I could you know, have a like, whole conversation. We shoot at
1: home in Holman gym and everybody acts like you can't get good color. Like, <laughs> You don't need to get the color accurate. You just need it to look good. I just shifted to blue. It looks great. My I, Again, I don't want to sound obnoxious. I think when I shoot it at Nat Holman Gymnasium at City College, it looks really nice. Uh-huh. The colors are not correct, but it's a nice shade of blue. You could be proud to put that on your wall. But when you see guys shooting the local tournaments, no, there's no money. And you know, the IBJJF will hire you for like $100 or 150 to shoot the whole tournament. And I've done it for them like that. And man... If you can go look on their Facebook and try to find the ones I've shot, you will see the number of matches I shoot is more than anybody. Mm-hmm. Because I re- I shoot it like it's a thousand dollar gig. If I'm going to take the gig, I'm going to give it a hundred percent. If not, I'm just not going to do it, but I will never go. It's only a hundred bucks. So, you know, I'm not busting my yeah, ass. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But, but it's also for me, <laughs> I, I see that there's an opportunity for you as a photographer, because it's an opportunity for you to market yourself, right? It, because it's, it's your work. Uh It may not be for jujitsu profes- uh, professionals, but like I know I, I you know, when you shot my black belt uh, photos, I mean, I didn't expect that. And right. you didn't ever solicited me, but I right. PayPal'd you anyway. Yeah, because yeah, I like, was yeah, like, yo, you know bucks. what? I'm like, okay. <laughs> Dude, I will I never that. be yeah. promoted to black belt That's the ever again. Do you know what I'm saying? Or well, maybe yeah. judo, but you right. know, one step at a time. I'll be there.
1: <laughs> I will be there, you know? <laughs> but it's funny how valueless it is. Look at this as an example. So you would think if the IBJJF is paying like $100 or $150 to photograph the tournament, you would think they're going, yo, we're getting over. Like, we're going to get these pictures dirt." When I've shot for them, they want the pictures low res so they can upload it to Facebook right mm-hmm, away. Mm-hmm. And they want their watermark on the picture, right? Yep. And I tag my watermark as well on those images because it's going up to their site. They do not ask for the high resolution, unwatermarked images. Mm. What does that tell you? Like, they don't really care about the picture, they just need it for today. Yeah, that's why they're only paying 150 bucks because, in their mind, it's not worth anything. They're not thinking, like, man, you know, we might get a young, you know, uh, Gordon Ryan as a blue belt, and this is going to be valuable. One, they're not thinking that at all. They're just like, we need this shot today for Facebook. And I guarantee, if you went to them right now and said, like, excuse me, where are the pictures that Rick shot for you in 2017? nobody has them. Of course not. There's no way they have an archive system set up where they upload it and they can instantly go, you know, New York opened, uh, you know, July, 2017, here are the pictures. No, it's disposable to them. Mm-hmm. So they don't care about it. So in my view, no, there's no real money in jujitsu photography. And I've
0: shot for some of the brands. Again, it's
1: always just a couple hundred bucks. So,
0: so why do you think that people do it? You know, just the bragging rights you know,
1: just for fun. And you get a couple of guys who try to act like they're really doing, they're walking around like who they are. But most people, I think it's more just like, it's just fun. You mm-hmm. know? I mean, I think it's fun. I don't think everybody thinks it's fun. It's a long day when I do like the New York tournaments. I only did the Worlds one time, but I did it from the audience. And I like that, but like, I can't see the paycheck there. So it's not really worth it for me to go out there professionally. Yeah, yeah. Like I can't, I don't, if I could, if I could break even, I would go, but it's just not worth it for yeah. me to do it.
0: Yeah. Well, well, for someone that's done IBJJF photography right. and shot all day and post processed all night, oh. <laughs> and for someone yeah. that's competed right. in IBJJF, which one would I prefer to do? <laughs> which one is harder? <laughs> I would definitely compete, <laughs> right? Before because you would shoot before I would out. shoot, yeah. because oh my yeah. god! But sometimes
1: <laughs> I'll see like, and I've been shooting that tournament very long time now, like eight years, the New York one. Because again, I do it for my academy. But what sometimes I'll see new guys come in, like yourself, or just other guys, and they're all excited to come in. And I'll be like to myself, I go, oh, yeah, this dude ain't gonna be here. In yeah,
0: because they're gonna realize how much it's, this sucks. Oh, it sucks. <laughs> you know what I, really sucks about it? <laughs> it's like you haven't even finished, like or like the tournament just ended. You yeah. get like 30 messages on Facebook, oh like, God, yeah, dude, did you yeah. get a picture yeah, of me? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you thirsty
1: yeah. motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> and some people, though, like, and then there are people that, like, I'll go out of the way to shoot their thing just because they're so nice yeah, to me. Yeah. Like, but I, some of these guys
0: don't even give you anything. No, nothing. Some of them,
1: like, and they act like, well, of course you shot my match. And I'm yeah. like, I just shoot the Marcelo guys. Like, I'm just looking for an MG patch, and I shoot that. But there are people, though, like, there's this uh, Fiona Watson who, um, she has a, a school in Jersey. I mm-hmm. f- filmed her for EBI. Uh-huh. And then when I met her, she's just so great and so cool. So if I see her competing, I'll always shoot her and send her some pictures. Now, dude, that with some people, but you do get the ones who, like you said, they're all texted. you like, like you were working for them. Like, yeah. where's my picture? Like, like, what
0: the like, hell, dude? Yeah. Like, are you going to pay me for it? Yeah. And they're like, no. Yeah. And like, oh I
1: didn't God. even shoot your match. Like, oh it, it's my so God. Scary. But so... you have to keep standing up and sitting and standing oh, and go to terrible. the next match. It's... Oh my
0: God. I, you know, it's so I much, definitely have yeah. uh, a tremendous respect for what you do when you do com- shoot those, com- those competitions because yeah. I've done it. It's so, yeah. it's it's terrible, you but guys. But what
1: I like the most is the backstage or the behind mm. the scenes. Yes. Like with something like Kasai especially, you can get some really good behind the scenes stuff. I've gotten such beautiful images at Kasai and even at the IBJJF, that wow. behind the scenes. That's what I really like to shoot because the the performance or, you know, the match – to me, it's easy to shoot. It's so easy to shoot. Sometimes it's not that much fun. But then again, I'll be right next to guys and like the stuff just doesn't look right. It's too far away. or The colors are bad. Well, they're not trying to get the Like any picture you see of mine from the IBJJF tournament, I promise you're going to see a face. You mm-hmm. will see emotion mm-hmm. on every shot. Yeah. If I don't see the face, it's I throw it away. Yeah. Just delete uh, it. And, and but you see somebody's shots, there's like a picture of nothing. It's so strange, you see a lot of that like it's yeah, you just go to a yeah. picture of nothing. there's nothing here.
0: It's funny because you know? I was actually scrolling through my Instagram and I, I'm actually looking to delete some some of my pictures but yeah. I bumped uh i i I came across one of your pictures when i when I was right. competed in the in the pan american oh, I was like, cool. oh man, you know that was pretty cool, but things good, like that is good. so you know it's like you can't put a price on it because it's, it's yeah. a, a period of well, time.
1: people aren't going to recognize it till later. Like when these guys yeah. are old, they're going to go, why didn't I pay 50 bucks yeah, to have man. one of these guys shoot well, my tournament? I mean, And I would rather have the picture of me competing than the medal, honestly, because yeah, the yeah, picture, yeah, it's yeah. more valuable to you, yeah. you know, over the years, you know. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to getting back to that and just shooting the mats and stuff. like. Well, uh, when
0: we do get on the mats. I mean, you know,
1: <laughs> man, I've only done like three shoots or two shoots in the last like six months. It's been, mm. you know, like just so dead. Yeah, yeah. I went out and shot the, uh, I shot a protest one day. I did one of the days when we first started to shut down. I did a couple things like that. But overall, I just have yeah. not, I haven't been motivated to do it. It's kind yeah, of a I, shame. I don't blame you. Oh, it's hard sometimes.
0: All right. So you know, one more question, Rick. Yeah. And that is, and I ask all my guests this question. Mm-hmm. So what is one ratchet experience have you had that kind of like stick out mm-hmm. to the, to, out of all of them, or whichever one pops up in your mind, you know, being a photographer, what's the most ratchet experience you've ever had?
1: Uh, can I say it without naming the person? Of course. Oh, of course. okay. And if somebody figures out who it is, then fine. Okay. <laughs> I've had great experiences photographing jujitsu people, like amazingly good experiences, at all different academies and stuff, you know, like, a, and people are nice to me. And we had one time, this one guy is there at Marcelo's. He's super famous jujitsu guy now transformed into UFC guy. And he's rolling, and he's not doing good in the rolls, okay? This is before he was in the UFC, super famous jujitsu jitsu guy with DVDs and stuff. And I'm photographing him, and I can see he's losing. Now, again, if you knew me, you would know that picture of you losing is never going to get out. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to embarrass you. Right. I might show Marcelo crushing you, but again, you got crushed by Marcelo. I don't care who you are. You can't complain about that. That's Marcelo. But I'm not even going to really make you look bad against, like, you know, Mateos or Marcos or something. I'm not, again, I'm not trying to embarrass anybody. Like, I'm really trying to get an even shot for that stuff. Like, if I shoot Sateva going against Marcos, I'm trying to find a shot where they look even. I don't want to show Sateva getting beat. I don't want to show Marcos getting beat. So same as the visitor. Not trying to embarrass you. Now, sometimes I will take that photo and save it, because if some kind of way that photo becomes valuable down the line of like you trying to say something bad about my school, I don't mind having a photo in my f- files of you getting your ass crushed <laughs> by one of our guys. So I understand it might I've be seen valuable that happen. I have right. seen that happen. So yeah. I understand historically the picture might be valuable, but again, I'm not just trying to run it. But okay, so this dude's getting crushed, you know, and- He says to me, as soon as the roll ends, and I'm taking a few pictures, but again, it's some of the times you see me shooting, maybe I'm just checking the light or whatever. I'm not going to run you getting crushed. And he goes to me, he goes like, yo, could you do me a favor and not photograph me? Like so rude. Just mind you, I've been training over 10 years. The only time I've ever been yelled at on a mat like that ever. And it was so uncomfortable for me. It was so awkward. And I'm like, okay. And I walk away. Bothers me for the whole rest of the class. And You know me. I'm friendly with everybody. I don't want a problem. There's nobody that I'm like, yeah, fuck that. Don't roll with him. I like to be friendly with everybody. I shoot everybody at the academy. There's not one person that I go, I don't shoot this dude. Everybody. I shoot everybody. Okay. So I'm all bothered by it all during a class. And at the end of class, I go, you know, I should just say something. I should say, you know, sorry, you know, whatever. You know, I didn't mean anything, whatever. I walk up to the dude and I go, hey, you know, I just want to apologize. You know, I'm sorry for taking the pictures. You know, I don't mean anything by it. It's just, you know, I shoot all of Marcelo's stuff. And I'm expecting a guy to go, yeah, no, the guy goes like, no, I don't expect your apology. Like, it's rude and you shouldn't do it. And I'm like, damn, like, who are you to define... What's rude? Like, you don't own the book. That could be your opinion. I don't think it's rude. I shoot everybody who comes through. And again, most of the visitors, like I've given Damian Maya pictures, the 10th Planet guys have come in there like, okay, oh, can I get a picture? You know, could you send me those shots? Like most people love it. Doesn't mean you have to love it. But at the point that I come and apologize, you could just be like, yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah, 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 You don't have to then come and tell me that I'm being rude and that I should not do that. I've been photographing this academy for years. And the crazy thing is, I never saw that guy at the academy ever again. Mm. And I was so glad that I never had to have that awkwardness with him. <laughs> but I never, ever, ever saw him. Every time I saw him, he was on the, uh, the Ultimate Fighter TV show. I've seen him on UFC but I've never ever seen him at our school. And I'm so glad that I don't have to have, I don't even know if he'd remember, you know, but I never had to have that awkwardness with him again, like changing next to him. And, you know, I don't get along with this guy. Like, I don't want that, you know? But Uh, that's my my only, my one ratchet story from all these years of shooting jujitsu, thousands of images and shoots like, and just that's it. Thank God. Thank God jujitsu people are nice.
0: Yeah, uh, a lot of people are in jiu-jitsu is nice. Uh, there's a lot of people like you that's that's willing to give up their talents just for jiu-jitsu. I mean, including myself with this podcast because frankly yeah. speaking, I'm losing money
1: <laughs> with every podcast, oh, believe me. I know. <laughs> I know. But you know, uh, you're not on YouTube, correct?
0: No, I and and I'm I'm just chilling right now. Like yeah. like it's it's a huge production and I'm just keeping it specifically or strictly audio right now yeah, because it's, for sure. it's a lot easier with the post-processing. Yeah. Uh, when it comes down to video, you, you have to deal with another component. And yeah, you could yeah. argue that, you know, I'm, I'm missing out, but you know what? I'm doing this because yeah. I love it. Not because I have to do it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? How it's- do you
1: deal with it? Whether or not you get a good audience, how much does that bother you? That's what always bothers me I've done a podcast and sometimes I think about reviving it mm-hmm. and I'm usually bothered when it doesn't get the traction that yeah, I feel I, it deserves. I don't really How look do at it that, that way it?
0: anymore. I'm just, I, the way I view it is like I'm a white belt, right. you know, and, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm improving every single time. I'm doing this for a long term, whether this works or doesn't. I'm, like I said, it's a passion pro- project. Yeah, I mean, the if you look at the the metrics all the time, it'll probably yeah. freaking drive you crazy. Yeah, it, you know, and then it changes too. Yeah, and so I'm I'm really not concerned about that anymore. Yeah. Um,
1: I think the key to making it work, which is what I am not usually great at, and maybe you're better at it, is I think the more you can reveal of yourself the better. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think we've learned over the years that so many people have a voice, like, you know, you think in the old days you had journalists, right? So you'd have a journalist go interview a skateboarder. And then that same guy might go cover the mayor press conference Mm -hmm. and go review a concert. But how much did that guy really know about those things? Right, You know, you think about it and, you know, like over this break, Gianni Grippo was doing some interviews on his Instagram Mm -hmm. and I've listened to a couple of them and it's incredible how much better he is as an interviewer of these people Mm -hmm. than some dude would have been who worked for Brazilian National Magazine, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, because he knows everything. He's like, yeah, you competed in this, and then you changed camps. You know, he's an expert at it. So I think people doing their niche is a very powerful thing that we have today. And you do have a voice. The key is the more personal you can be. If you're telling that story that I just told, you need that name in there. Yeah, you need the name. You need to have the courage to say it was that dude and own that. And I think that is very valuable if you can do that. And if you can't, like in the world of jujitsu, I'm not willing to do that because I'm not meeting that dude and he's like, "Yo, what the fuck, you know." Like, <laughs> <laughs> but the more courage you have about being honest, or you know, like you know, yeah, I mean, is, I, is my better. only,
0: my only reveal or self-reveal, it's just all the fuck ups I made, you know what I mean? Which is a lot. Right. (laughs) And, but but yeah, I mean, it's... I mean, that's just like everything, right? You know, like the more you share about yourself, the more people are, are, are become more open to Correct, you. Correct, so. right. the more The more they can feel you. And stuff but like, like I said, that, I'm I'm know. still learning. I'm a white belt. Yeah. And uh, and that's just the way that's I'm it. That's the best claim, man, it, you, you know? did with the judo. I yeah. respect yeah. that. Yeah. really yeah. no, respect Thank you. Like,
1: and Gary's the best. You know, I shot him for like Ronin, I think. Yeah, I was, was uh, that uh, that yeah, yeah. Ago. Shout oh, out we to Gary.
0: Gary St. Ledger, Kano Martial Arts. He's the man. Yeah, it's right by Marcelo. It's like two blocks away. I know. I quit Marcelo's to go like two blocks. Did you see
1: we did a technique video and he used me? That was the first time. Oh, really? I yeah, didn't see that. I wanted to film it. It's on my account somewhere. You can look for it. Yeah, he like throws me. It's really cool. I was like honored.
0: Well, well Rick, um, where can people find you as far as uh, social media and um, stuff like accounts,
1: that? Two accounts. Rick in Action, R-I-C in Action on Instagram. And then I have my main account that I never post to, which is John Ricard, J-O-H-N-R-I-C-A-R-D. That should be my main Instagram. Uh-huh. But man, I am just paralyzed by trying to figure out what do I want to post there? Right. And if anybody cared, which I know no one will do this, if you were to scroll back on my Instagram to when I first started it, I think it was so much better. And I was posting like this very wide range of things, personal and just everything. And then over the years, I've tried to kind of focus it more like most successful accounts. Mm -hmm. And I think the account has actually gotten weaker as I've, like most recently, you'll see a lot of beauty pictures on it. But I think it was actually more interesting if you went back like three years and scrolled to When I was posting everything, I think it was more interesting. But I don't know where I'm going with it. So I've only posted like two shots on it in the last year, which is crazy. But check Rick in action. Yeah, well, maybe
0: one day we'll have... um a social media expert get on and tell us how to figure this whole thing out. I
1: understand it. It's just, I shoot too many different things.
0: I don't shoot one thing. I shoot a lot of different stuff. Like me, I I don't want to just shoot boxing. I also want to show jujitsu in my personal life. Right, the same as you with the training. Like you're doing at least three
1: different things, you know, but you do a good job at all of it, man. That's why every time I'm in your neighborhood, I text (laughs) you, I'm
0: like, (laughs) I'm right by you. (laughs) I'll just come in and knock out some shots for you. You're welcome anytime, my man. I always just come in and you're like, oh, I just wrapped.
1: I'm like, oh damn, I always just come in. Out some shots for you, man. well,
0: on behalf I of like all, all the jujitsu practitioners yeah. that you have taken a shot of and made us thank all Instagram worthy, right? Well, thank, you. <laughs> thank you for being on the show, you guys, uh, uh Rick, and yes. um, and thank you for listening, you guys. Until next time, um, this is Rota Show signing out. And remember, even Rick can get a little ratchet <laughs> if I have to. <laughs> all right, guys, until next time, peace. <laughs>